0: The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It
1: is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Han Solo, I mean Wes Solo in here today on the Steelers Blitz with you. Having some fun on a Monday I guess some a little commiseration still from Thursday night, but it's time to turn the page. It's time to start looking ahead. It is the holiday season, it is the most wonderful time of the year. So there's only time for cheer around here. See the tweets rolling in uh, at Wesley Euler is where you get involved with the show on Twitter. If you want to uh, tweet me your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. Zach with some shots fired. Zach tweets. It says, good thing Arthur Motes didn't miss games like he misses shows on SNR. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired. Pew, pew. Yeah, Zach, I'm going to start withholding his game checks that Arthur Motes. I mean, I tell you what. <laughs> I retweets me and says, no one wants to win the AFC North. Steelers are included in that mix, but hey, as long as we don't go down by 29 points, I think we still have an opportunity for Ben's last ride. I can only hope for my guy, number seven. Yeah, hey, now's the time to leave it all out there, right? You got to... You got to lay it on the line for your future Hall of Fame quarterback. What he's done um, the last couple weeks in crunch time when the team has needed him has been very impressive. I think it's time for the team to return that favor. You got four games left. You know, you've you've got to uh, <laughs> at least try and finish on a positive note. I know this is Pittsburgh, right? Motes and I kind of debate this all the time. Like, do you... Do you want to seek comfort in some of these things? Do you want the standard to be the standard? Where are we at, right? But I do think there's always – it doesn't always have to be as cut and dry. It doesn't always have to be as black and white as, oh, well, the Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl, so it was a bad year. And, again, I, I know that that is the standard. And I know that this is Pittsburgh, and I know we we do. We, we have different expectations for our football team, and I love that. I, I, I would much rather have it be that way than, you know – like where the Detroit Lions or the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns were throwing parades just for winning a wild card game. But I, I do think there is still an opportunity, you know, that we could end this season without a postseason berth, without a division title, but still with a smile on your face. Like I've said, I'm looking at those final weeks, week seventeen and week eighteen, particularly against the Browns and the Ravens. Listen, you send Ben Roethlisberger out with uh, two wins against divisional foes, against two hated rivals, another victory against Baltimore, another victory against Cleveland. Ben would sweep both of those teams in his last season. Like, that would put a smile on my face, even if the team only finishes with eight or nine wins and doesn't make the playoffs. So, I think there's still an opportunity here to enjoy Ben's last ride, enjoy these last four games. Again, all it, me admitting that I'm, maybe I'm kind of moving the goalposts a little bit with the standard, and you know what? There's no comfort to be sought in a season. There's no moral victories to be had in a season where you don't make the playoffs, you don't win the division. But I don't think it's quite that cut and dry when you are more than likely saying goodbye um, to your future Hall of Fame quarterback, who's who's been here for 18 years. Still, an opportunity for the last ride. To be an enjoyable ride, you know, not an old wooden rickety roller coaster that you ride at the county fair. No, a nice, you know, Phantom's Revenge. Steelers country down at Kennywood. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, if you've got some takes on all of that that I just uh, laid out there. We will hear from Ben Roethlisberger later on in the show as well. I did want to play some of his comments um, that caught my ear from Thursday night. But first here... Again, when I when I do these things solo, I you know I play a little audio. I like to bring some buddies. I always like to, if possible, for you to hear from Arthur Motes as well. Well, there was there's the extra point um, on Steelers.com, right? Uh, Missy Matthews hosts the extra point with a, a different cast of characters, uh, Vikings edition. Uh, it was Arthur Motes, Bob Labriola, and Matt Williamson who joined Missy Matthews for the extra point, uh, breaking down everything from Thursday night. Here, take a listen.
2: You know, just to be blunt, man, we're getting handled up front on both sides of the ball and that makes it difficult. It makes it difficult to, to do what we desire to do. It makes it difficult to, to maintain balance. Um, it makes it difficult to dictate to our opponents um you know what happens or what happens next and so you know um it's going to be tough sledding for us until we um until we get better in that area um we're not good in that area with jv again tonight hi
3: everybody I'm missy matthews welcome to the extra point presented by microsoft surface the steelers will have a long time to marinate for their 36 to 28 loss to the minnesota vikings on thursday night Let's welcome in our panelists to try to break down what went wrong, as you heard from Coach Tomlin. Uh, A number of things that have continued. Bob Labriol of Steelers.com and Steelers Digest is here. Former Steelers outside linebacker in SNR, Arthur Motes, Hall of Famer as well. And Matt Williamson from SNR, kind enough to join us. He previewed this game. Um, Labs, I want to start with you. The fourth quarter almost one of the most remarkable comebacks in terms of being able to put up points to win a game. Um, but they fell short once again, and we've seen this in a number of times. Is it past the point of being encouraging?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, where you are right now, now six, six and one, uh, quick arithmetic. That's 13 games. That means in a 17 game season, there's four left, uh, you know, Ben had said last week leading up to the game against the Vikings that, you know, the team were, because of the hole that had dug itself early in the season, it was kind of in a, you know, a must win situation, a playoff mode, that kind of thing. Okay, so they lost again. So now it's just about uh, finding ways to win uh, and getting it done. There are no style points. There are no moral victories. Nothing else matters except the final score.
3: Arthur, first half versus second half. What did the Steelers do differently to be able to come back and almost make this a game?
0: Yeah, um, the first thing I'll say defensively, they were a lot more fundamentally in gap sound uh, that limited a lot of those bigger gash run plays that we saw from uh, the Vikings in the first half. I also thought that the turnovers that were created, uh, Akella Witherspoon, the two interceptions that he had, not only does it create a short field, but it kicks a lot of the clock on for you as well for our offense. I thought those two things helped out in a big time way on the defensive side and then offensively. They protected Ben. They gave him some time to actually, you know, throw the ball. And from there you can see how he was able to take advantage of that Viking secondary at times.
3: Matt, no huddle, the picking up the tempo. We have seen it work for the Steelers specifically in the second half. How do they start that sooner or how do they not dig themselves into this hole where every game the second half becomes this roller coaster of emotions?
4: Yeah, I mean, these guys said some really good things, and it was obviously much better in the second half. Blitz recognition and pickup was a lot better. Boy, was that a problem early on. But let's not forget, I mean, the the Vikings did some favors for the Steelers too. I mean, Kirk Cousins throwing two to the other team. Being kind enough to miss Justin Jefferson on a couple throws, it could have been a lot worse. Taking the extra guy out of the box, allowing them to have room to run Najee Harris later in the game, and really conceding yardage for time on the clock. As for the starts for the Steelers lately, I don't have that answer. I don't think they have that answer. I don't know that anyone has that answer, but it's as big a problem as anything. They need to start much better. That goes without saying, but I don't know how to fix it.
3: Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger said after the game labs, you know, we're at the point where we're running out of time to try to fix this. Specifically, though, for the Steelers defense, um, you know, Cam Hayward after the game, obviously very frustrated, very vocal. I'm sure he gave his teammates an earful, but he said it's on the players, it's technique, it's effort. How do they fix that?
2: Well, I really think it starts with You know, what Mike Tomlin said about getting handled physically on both lines of scrimmage. I mean, a lot of, like you mentioned, it's technique. And I do think that a couple of things happen uh, over the course of a game, especially uh, at both lines of scrimmage. I think that when, you know, a lot of times when players get fatigued, their technique gets a little bit sloppy. Um, And I also think that when they're getting handled physically, that their technique might get a little sloppy too. Maybe they try and take some shortcuts. If you can't deal with the guy, you know, don't let him across your face. As an example, that's a physically demanding uh, assignment. So uh, the guy's handling you. You can't handle that. So maybe you think, well, maybe I'll run around this block instead of taking it on, or maybe I'll do whatever, and that creates the lack lack of gap integrity, creates the holes in the front. Uh, I just I just think that if the Steelers uh, up front on both lines of scrimmage would find a way to hold their own and not get, uh, for lack of a better phrase, get their butts kicked um, so regularly and consistently, a lot of the other things would fall into place.
3: Arthur, Delvin Cook, uh, nobody knew if he would come back uh, after just missing the Lions game. He came back in full force, over 200 yards rushing. The Steelers have been giving up a lot of yards in terms of the run defense. How do you fix that with four games left?
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be a uh, a difficult task because some of it is technique-related. Some of it is effort-related. I thought Labs hit on that perfectly when he was just breaking down in terms of how technique and effort can look a little bit you know mixed in there together when a person is being physically outmanned at sometimes but i'll also say this um in terms of just this run defense and how we can improve it I think that, man, you have to go back to the drawing board in terms of getting back to the basics of playing defense. You talk about hat and hands, right? Getting to the stirring wheel um, in terms of the defenders, the D linemen and linebackers, getting your hands on the uh, offensive linemen's breastplates before they get their hands on yours so you have more control. You're being the hammer and delivering some of these blows versus being on the receiving and the catching and things like that. When you mix that in with, Guys being out of their gaps, it gets this perfect storm where Dalvin is able to look like the best running back to ever step on a football field at points last night. But when you play more consistently with technique and fundamentals, when you have a lot more uh, gap integrity and discipline, that minimizes so much more of that because... NFL running backs are going to make plays. They're that gifted for a reason, but you can't allow them to be running seven, eight yards before getting touched. That's when they're able to take over games. Like we saw Dalvin do in the first half last night.
3: Matt, not to you know, Missy, go ahead, labs.
0: You know, one of the things I think is going
2: to, we're starting to see now, and we're going to see more of it. There's blood in the water in terms of the, the opponents now see what's going on with the Steelers defense and the Vikings went with the extra offensive linemen, a lot of things like the Bengals did, and uh, they saw how successful Cincinnati was with it. They used it. Uh, they went to you know big packages, got physical. They were they were successful with it. Don't think for a second that Tennessee, uh, Kansas City won because they have Mahomes, uh, but maybe the Browns, uh, the Ravens, whatever, uh, remaining on the Steelers schedule. They all they all see what's working. Uh, for other teams, and so they're going to be more likely to go to it, go to it early, and stay with it. So, um, you know, that's the thing about the NFL. Everybody's got the video, and now your problem is compounded because everybody else sees what has been working against you so far.
3: Yeah, Matt, I was going to say, you know, when we were previewing this Thursday night matchup, you talked about the outside zone and just the Steelers having issues with that Throughout the season, Cincinnati, as Lab said, knowing that there are teams who are good at running the ball left on this schedule, what do the Steelers do in trying to change that mentality and not continuing uh, going down this path?
4: Yeah, a lot of what these guys said. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some Steeler fans watching this saying, well, they did really well against the Browns running game. Well, they sold out because they had no fear of the Browns receivers. Well, they did really well against Lamar Jackson in a great you know, Ravens running game. That's a totally different running game. They're their own beast. Yes, they run the ball a lot, and they do it very, very well. But the Steelers have seen it a lot, and that's a much, much different scheme. As Labs mentioned, I mean, in this game, not only did they play a a sixth offensive lineman, about 25% of the snaps, which is rare in this league, They had a fullback on the field for 50% of the snaps, give or take. I mean, these are big power players, and they're running behind them. There's no misdirection. There's no, you know, scheme stuff. This is just, this is what we're going to do. They could put it up on the scoreboard. We're going to run strong side pitch or outside zone, deal with it, because you're proving time and time again that you can't.
3: Arthur, no one wants to make excuses. Coach Tomlin didn't, Cam Hayward didn't, but you lose T.J. Watt, you lose Alex Highsmith. You're playing on a short week. I mean, that has to factor into just the exhaustion and, you know, the physicality that this defense was going against.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about not having T.J. Watt, who's a front runner for a defensive player of the year, That hurts you. When you talk about not having Alex Highsmith, your second best outside linebacker, that definitely hurts you. And I do think the Highsmith loss was more uh, impactful than the TJ loss. I thought TJ's matchup was going to be a little bit tougher with uh, Brian O'Neill. I think his name is the right tackle for them, who's pretty good out of uh, University of Pitt. But the left tackle, that was the opportunity because they were going to be without uh, Darisol, who was obviously out that game. And they had the backup in Udo. Who have been struggling. You watch him on tape every time he's been at left tackle. He's been a turnstile and that was supposed to be the matchup. So when he when I, uh, Highsmith wasn't available, I definitely thought that the drop off was a lot more significant in terms of just his overall impact that he could have not just in the passing game, but in the running game as well.
3: All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you joining me here on this Friday recapping the Steelers' loss to the Vikings. That's going to do it for this episode of The Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. We'll be back here next week. The Steelers, of course, have the weekend off. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.
1: Missy Matthews there with Arthur Motes, Bob Labriola, Matt Williamson, The Extra Point um, from Steelers TV, Steelers Live. You can access that, uh, of course, on all social media platforms, Steelers.com as well, too, um, you know, if you ever want to see uh, those beautiful faces while they break it all down for you. A lot of great stuff that they do on Steelers Live, on Steelers TV, always available at Steelers.com. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. More tweets rolling in. Going to get to those, certainly, as we rock and roll here. Uh, T.S. tweets us, and I believe, first-timer? Oh, welcome.
4: Welcome to the party, pal.
1: Do you think Ben is calling plays in the second half of all these games? Looks like two different teams playing in two halves of each of the past few games. I do think there is a lot more, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I believe it's Tia's. Uh, I believe there, there's a lot more Tia's of, of Ben drawing it up in the dirt lately uh, than there was early in the season, for sure. I this, this looks a lot more like what we saw at times last year. Um... When it felt like the offense was predominantly Ben Roethlisberger kind of drawing it up in the dirt, calling things out at the line of scrimmage, no huddle, up tempo, however you want to label it in that regard, it's it's certainly certainly um, I think though been a, a dramatic uptick in the last couple games. I think we can all agree with that. We 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 you know we saw it more at moments this season. Absolutely um you know at times like like out in LA for example but but over the the last two halves of each of uh, the past couple games certainly looks more and more so um like it like it is uh like that's been the plan out there for for Ben Rothisberger to just kind of draw it up in the dirt like we saw again like I said at times last season um, and in fact, you know what? Why wait? Let's do this now. I was going to wait till the final segment, but I guess it kind of works well with this. Here's, um, like I said, just a couple minutes, some of the things that Ben Roethlisberger had to say after the game Thursday. He kind of touches on all of that stuff and just, you know, how he's not really interested in moral victories for this team, how, you know, now's the time they, they got to start finding ways to to consistently move the football and, and to put together full 60-minute performances, uh, here's what Ben Roethlisberger had to say.
4: Ben, one of the more uh, frustrating first halves that you've been involved in? Yes. <laughs> there were a couple times every your, your frustration kind of showed on the side.
5: Probably. Um, I try to do my best not to, uh, but sometimes it's hard not to. And, and I, I hate that because I don't want to, to seem like I'm frustrated at anything in particular, but just a general frustration, I think, sometimes.
4: And right, what else happened to the better start of the offense? You know, I don't
5: know. I mean, we we we'd kinda, we kind of drove the ball down the field. We had a, a penalty, I believe, on the first drive uh, that got us into a uh, backed up a little bit. But um, I don't know. Some a lot during the week. And um, I don't know. Kind of more in your comfort zone there in the second half
2: with the passes that you were making that constantly, basically,
5: downfield? He <laughs> had no choice you're getting <laughs> beat like that. Um, you know, just kind of turned into an RPO game. Uh, pick it up, pick up the pace a little bit game. And um, guys made some really big plays on the field too, though. I've got to give them a lot of credit. You guys have gone
2: more no-huddle in the second half. When do you know it's the right time to move
5: into that type of offense? Uh, usually when we have to. Um, you know, it feels like that. we got to do this and do that. And um, you know, he's in my ear, You know, communicating a lot. So um, just sometimes score dictates it, sometimes our um, our play dictates it. When you put that
2: last pass to Pat Hill, you think
5: you, you had. I got hit as soon, as, like not long after, so I didn't unfortunately get to see it. I just kind of heard the crowd's reaction, so I didn't get to see it till I saw the replay. Doesn't it out before the third the third? Yeah, when go? no, I mean I, I I trusted that he was going to get down the middle. I knew their safeties were kind of wide. In um, watching it, three guys collapsed on him pretty quick, and um, you know I, I he's taking it pretty hard. Uh, I pulled him. Uh, next to my locker and, and talk to him a little bit there um, at the end. And just um, you know, I got a lot of faith and belief and trust in that guy. He's got a lot of heart. Um, he, he is not one that is lacking for heart and, and desire. And he's going to, um, he'll eat this for a while. And, and he shouldn't because um, it's not on him.
4: And you have to talk to Chase, not only about that penalty, but the first down pose and some of the things he's done doing things.
5: It's not really my job. I mean, that's to me that, that goes up to Coach Tomlin. That's what he needs to do. That's his job as as the head coach. It's not as as the quarterback. It's my job to to, to help manage what we do on the field and getting first downs and trying to score, um, dealing with player issues and, and whatever else you want to say. That's that's the coach's job, not mine. Dan, where's it? You
2: guys slide for protection from time to time. Did that the offensive line make that call, or did you do you override it?
5: With that again? How that- slide in the protections. Oh um, uh, yeah, the, we we had a max protection, and I think um, someone would just you know hurt it wrong or went the wrong way, unfortunately.
2: Just a couple times you guys have come up short late. How do you bounce back, or how do you keep this, these losses from happening?
5: Well, there's you know we're running out of time. Um, you know I don't I don't look at moral victories. I told the guys that um, as I walked around to the linemen and some of the skill guys, is, I'm not going to tell y'all you, you know great moral victory, great fight back because it's it's not that, but I'm proud of them for fighting.
4: Else? Like, uh, James yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> he was one
5: of the guys that that made plays. Um, the second to last play or whatever down the right sideline, I kind of told him, hey, listen, I'm throwing it up to you. Make a play. And uh, there were two guys there. He still almost made the play. Just you need guys to step up and make plays, guys that have heart and desire and want to be out there to, to do what they can for the team. And I thought James did that. I thought a lot of guys really you know, contributed and given us a chance.
1: All right. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger, there after the defeat on Thursday night up there in Minnesota. I, I I completely agree with Ben. At this point in the season, there there is no time for moral victories. There is no, you know, we talked about this a little bit after the San Diego game. Uh, How do you feel, you know, offense put together their best quarter of the season. They scored, what, 24, 27 points it was in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. uh, To me, that, that, that was kind of always fool's gold in that regard, right? This is not, you know, if you're a team like, let's say, I don't know, if you're a team like Arkansas, right, And you play a really close game against Alabama and you play really good in the second half and Alabama ends up beating you by four points on the road. Yeah, you're like, all right, we're building as a program. You know, Alabama beat us by 30 last year. They only beat us by four this year. We're getting there. We're growing. You know, we're building the program. Our recruiting's getting better. X, Y, and Z, all that stuff. I, I don't buy into that really ever in the NFL. Maybe there's rare exceptions where you have, like I think at times last year, a franchise like the Browns, right, who just stunk to high heaven for so many years, finally starts to get things moving in the right direction. Maybe teams like the Lions or the Jets or the Jaguars, right? Franchises that have really struggled and have recycled head coaches and recycled general managers. Maybe it's different. Maybe sometimes there are some moral victories for franchises like that, but not in Pittsburgh, not with the Steelers. And I don't think this season you know while there's been a lot of roller coaster moments i think that's exactly what they have been roller coaster moments there's there's certainly been some highs there's been times where the offense has played really well there's been times where the defense has played really well heck there's been times where the special teams has been great as well too but there's also been times where all those units have struggled this offense has had quarters multiple quarters that they would string together where they couldn't score where they couldn't you know string together drives consistently the defense the same thing they've had some games where they've been really great they've had other games huh, like the first half in Minnesota where they couldn't stop a nosebleed and and when you are you know when you're roller coaster in that regard you kind of get what you are right now you get 6-6 six, six and 1 you get a whole lot of um needing help from other teams and 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 Evaluating, oh, what happens if this scenario, and what happens if we go two and two? What happens if the Steelers are three and one? What happens if they're four and zero? Etc. Etc. That's kind of the hole you dig yourself in when when you've played the way the Steelers have this year. I don't think there's any comfort in the fact that all oh, you know we almost had a historic comeback because I think you could look at it and you could say, hey, you, you let your you, you dug yourselves a twenty nine point hole as as part of that. There's I don't think a a ton of positives to take there. I just don't. Again, especially as a a team like the Steelers. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're the Detroit Lions, maybe it's a different story. But we're not those teams, right? And in that regard, the standard is still the standard. I have not moved the goalposts in that regard. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, that's where you get involved with me uh, here in the final segment of the show. We will come back for the final segment. You know what that means. I want your questions. I want your comments. I want your concerns and your reactions about the Steelers, about any other football this weekend, or just about life in general. You got something you want me to answer on Twitter, at Wesley. Of course, you know it's got to be show appropriate, okay? It can maybe be a little pg 13 but it's got, to, it's got to toe the line of PG, PG 13, all right? Appropriate questions. Uh, we'll take them again at Wesley Euler on Twitter before we get out of here. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll wrap up some thoughts as it relates to Minnesota. You know, before we have the Mike Tomlin press conference tomorrow and we really start to turn the page the rest of the week, we'll get to your reaction on the Twitter.com as well. You know where to find me there. Wrapping things up, last half an hour of the show when we come back on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers' Blitz on your 24 7. Hymn of the Black
3: and Gold Steelers Nation Radio.